the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Though we know this and are inspired by it, too many of us live, make decisions, seek pleasures, and pursue fame and fortune based on secularism that leads to our demise rather than trusting in the foundational truth of God's word. There's only one way to rise from unfulfilling mediocrity to inexplicable greatness. His name is Jesus Christ, and his way is straight and narrow. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander sets the record straight. Turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24a. That'll be our first scripture. But we had, we've been in a series all month entitled Rising from Earthly Mediocrity to Heavenly Greatness. That's been our theme as we started the new year. We want to see you operate to the maximum of your potential, to the glory of God. We want to see you come into God's greatness uh, to the glory of God. God has a plan for you, and we want to see that. It is our heart's desire to see that plan executed to the glory of God. We want to see you this year live the victorious Christian life. We don't want you to be uh, just kind of moseying along, uh, living at the level of mediocrity, uh, just kind of being a so-so average below saint. God wants us to soar. He wants us to operate at the zenith of our ministry uh, unto the Lord. And we ought to be excited, first of all, that he's allowed us to come into this new year. How many are glad you're in this new year? I mean, you ought to be glad you're here. He could have left you back in May. He could have left you back in June, but God brought you into this year and he brought you into this year for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. God already knows what he wants you to do. You say, I don't know what he wants me to do that you need to go to God in prayer. You need to be in the scripture. You need to be in the church. You need to unbusy yourself. You need to stop and let God begin to talk to you. Because if you start listening to God, he will clarify uh, what it is he would have you to do for this appointed time. And if we're going to achieve greatness in the kingdom, if we're going to serve God to the maximum of our, our potential, if we're going to, 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 to reach for the stars for the glory of God, then there are some things we need to be stripped of that's been a drag on our faith. So with that being said, what are some of the things we must strip ourselves of in order to have victory and reach our potential for Christ? There are some things you need to pull off, put away, be stripped of, so that you can see God do something new through you. Number one, if you desire to get off to a great start this year, you must strip yourself of the word is self-centeredness, self-centeredness. You can be addicted to yourself. 
Matthew 16, 24, a says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now, Satan will do all he can to keep you from coming to Christ. He'll throw all kind of curves at you. He'll keep you away from God, the, the, the church. He'll, he'll keep you from spiritual things. He wants you blind. He wants you doomed, damned. He wants you to hit. He wants you in hell with him. He knows his destiny, which is the lake of fire. But God wants you with him in heaven. But you don't, you don't just accidentally go to heaven. You have to come to Christ on his term. You, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. You must say, Lord, here I am. I'm your child. I'm, I need you now. Have mercy on me. Come into my heart. Save me. And God will come into your heart and he will save you where you are regardless of where you are in your life. His job is to keep you from getting saved. But if by chance you do get saved, his next primary purpose uh, on you is to keep you wrapped up in yourself. So God wants to strip you of excess baggage that hinders you from reaching your potential in Christ. One who is self-centered is not satisfied until he gets his way. Is that you? You're mad, you're disturbed, you're just out of order until you get your way. A self-centered person is one who is self-absorbed until he could care less about the interests of others. Someone has said, he who is wrapped up in himself makes a very small package. You wrapped up in yourself, you make a very small package. And some people are uh, so self-centered that they are controlling, they are manipulative, they have a hidden gender. They say certain things, do certain things to get a certain response from you. And perhaps you don't even know you are being manipulative, uh, being manipulated. And and people, people will tell you what to to do, they will be God in your life, t- telling you what God told them to tell you, you know, as, as if you can't go to God for yourself and read the Bible for yourself. You know, beware of everybody who's saying, God told me to tell you. Why God got to have a secondhand person? That's right. There are people who will play God in your life. And you can say, wait a minute, thank you for the words. But uh, I need to check in with God for myself and get some clarity so that I won't miss God. Because if you miss God, you don't want stuck in that mess. So guard against self-centeredness. The truth be told, people say, well, I don't drink. I don't cuss and uh, I don't commit sexual immorality. I'm not sleeping around with somebody that's not my wife or husband. But are you drunk on yourself? Are you full of yourself? Or do you have the spirit that says, I must decrease and he must increase? See, if God's going to do great things through you, you need to let God have you get out of his way and say, Lord, here I am. Use my eyes, my hands, my mouth, my feet. I am yours. Because when you dealt, when you deal with me, then I am fully dealt with. Matter of fact, add this on the paper because it's good for all of us. If you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. Okay? You keep getting in God's way. You keep being stubborn. You keep being drunk on yourself, beside yourself. 
controlling, manipulative, hitting agendas, hurting folk to get to the top, crushing folk to get on the top, could care less about other folk. God knows how to humiliate you. As a matter of fact, he knows how to outright embarrass you. And I tell you, you don't want God to shame you now. He will give you a public whooping. And I, I, I humble myself because I don't want God to humble me. Secondly, if we're going to reach our God-given potential for Christ and achieve greatness in the kingdom, we need to lay aside every weight, the word is weight, and sin that keeps us from running the successful Christian race. Uh, 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 life is likened to a race, a, a marathon. And we get into, we get in the race when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior. That's the starting line. And then you, once you get in the race, then you have to run the race. And it is not a sprint. It's not a short race. It is a long-term life marathon. The scripture says in Hebrews 12, 1b through 2, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, let me tell you something. If we execute the principles in this verse, we will gain victory in the race of life. If we execute the principles that are tucked into this verse, we will gain victory in the race of life. Let me just exegete this just for a little bit. Let us, that's talking about all of us who are believers. Okay. What if I'm an unbeliever? Well, if Satan has you blinded, he has you ignorant. He has you spiritually lost. You know, you're in a state of spiritual lostness. So you need to get saved. But once you get saved, Satan wants to weigh you down with the things of this world. The weight are hindrances. You know, a runner, if he's running a race, he doesn't run with combat boots on. Okay, he doesn't have an overcoat and all these things. He get as light as he can, certain kinds of shoes, certain kind of outfit uh, that's designed for running to the glory of God. Those weights. And some of you can't soar because you have weights that's a drag on your faith. Sin, missing the mark, coming short of the glory of God. These things keep us from running the successful Christian race. Pastor Rander continues today's message with forthright language as led by the Holy Spirit. Through him, God reveals to us the things that keep us in secular bondage, addictions to pornography, gambling, social media, illegal drug use, prescription drug abuse, getting rather than giving get-rich-quick schemes, and so much more that leads to the unthinkable crimes and depraved we regularly hear about through the news media. Our sovereign God can and will change things when we obediently walk by faith in Him and not by sight. Listen closely. The scripture says in Hebrews 12, 1b through 2, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, entangle us, keep us to the uh, keep us from excelling to our God-given potential and let us run with endurance. In other words, you have to persevere or run in a race. They, they're sweating, but they don't stop because they're sweating. Uh, they don't stop because people are competing with them. They don't stop because of distractions. 
You don't see somebody running a race, look at a stand and say, hi, mom. Or look at the crowd that's watching me. They'll be left in the dust. They they endure. They persevere. They reach. They strain. And how do they win the race? By looking unto Jesus, keeping your eyes fixed. The word is fixed, looking fixed on Jesus, who's the author of your salvation, who's the author of your faith. Jesus Christ originated salvation. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of crises, in the midst of misunderstandings, in the midst of crises, keeping your mind fixed, your eyes fixed on him. So we must lay aside every weight and sin that keeps us from running the successful race of uh, the, the successful race of life. Number three, if you're going to reach your God given potential, uh, you must strip yourself of pornography. Some of you say, well, I'm not on that. Well, you just keep listening. Your, your button's going to get hit sh- shortly. Uh, say, say the word pornography. It's everywhere. There's no such thing as soft porn. Okay, you know, a hard porn. Some of y'all looking at stuff, even even much of what we see on commercials is outright pornography. Uh, Magazines at the checkout counter, pornography, general pornography stats, according to uh, safefamilies.org and webroot.com. Listen to this, if you will. General pornography statistics, according to safefamilies.org and webroot.com. Dot com says every second, 28,258 users are watching pornography on the Internet and three thousand seventy five dollars, sixty four cent is being spent on the Internet pornography. That's every second. Forty million American people regularly visit porn sites. Thirty five percent of all Internet downloads are related to pornography. One third of porn viewers are women. One third. One hundred sixteen thousand Internet searches every day related to child pornography. Youth pornography stats are nine out of 10 children between the ages of eight and 16 have viewed pornography on the Internet. Average age of first Internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. 12 to 17 years old are one of the largest consumer of Internet pornography. Youth with exposure to sexuality in the media uh, were shown to be significantly more likely to have sex at the ages of 14 to 16. Marital and family pornography stats, according to the National Coalition of Protection of the Children and Families, 47% of families in the United States reported that pornography was a problem in their homes. Pornography use increases the marital infidelity rate by more than 300%. 40% of sex addicts lose their spouses and 58% suffer considerable financial losses and about a third lose their jobs because of pornography. You you got people say, well, I don't cuss and uh, I don't steal. And uh, I'm honest. Are you on pornography? Is children overtaken by it? Husbands are overtaken by it. Women, as you've seen in the stats, it's everywhere. It's just a click away on the phone. And, and I'm talking to people who are on it right in the midst of this congregation by radio, television. People you see look good. You know, sometimes we make a big deal out of people who have fallen into sin and committed adultery. But then what about those people that will never know that's on pornography in the back scenes 
or on the Internet. You say, well, my child don't even have a cell phone. Well, guess what? Some other child can have their phone and say, look at this. It, it, it just messes up the mind. Those images are hard to get rid of. And it's an uphill fight. But there is victory in the blood of Jesus. So for those who are on pornography, don't give up. Keep on fighting. And I will give you some other insights later in this message to help you overcome. Number four. Okay, now that one was a review. I I did that on purpose because that so rampant in the church. How many of you who how many of you were not here last Sunday? Raise your hand. Look at all those hands. You needed to hear this. And those of you who were here last Sunday, you needed to hear it again because truth is worth repeating. For the sake of your children, for the sake of your husband, for the sake of your wives, for the sake of your grandchildren. We, this is a critical issue that needs to be addressed because it is rampant in the church and in our society. Number four, you must strip yourselves of gambling. Say gambling. Okay. The likelihood of developing a gambling addiction increases 23-fold for people affected by alcohol use disorders. Okay. As many as 750,000 young people ages 14 to 21 have gambling addictions. On average, an estimated 50% of those who are affected by gambling addiction uh, commit crimes in order to support their habit. 40% of all problem gamblers started gambling before they were 17 years old. The number of teens playing poker for money has increased uh, by more than 700% in the last two years alone. 80% are boys. There is a 75% comorbidity rate, which means that the person who is addicted to gambling usually has at least one other addiction as well. Of all the addiction currently recognized, problem gamblers have the highest rate of suicide. The lottery is the most popular form of gambling nationally. In the most recent history, just a few days ago, history-making Powerball jackpot of $1.3 billion, there were 635,103,137 tickets sold, but only three winners. So where did the money go? (laughs) I wonder, are there any losers in the house today? Somebody out there played. Uh, Yeah, you played. (laughs) And yet when you give your tithes to the Lord, you never lose investing in the kingdom of God. What are the symptoms of those who are addicted to gambling? Well, gambling for long periods of time in secret. Lost time from work. You know you're addicted when you have uncharacteristic lying, inability to keep promises to stop gambling, belief that gambling will solve financial difficulties or bring the family material wealth. I got to listen. If we can win, listen, we can we, we can pay off the house, the car and go to Hawaii. Borrowing money to gamble, to pay off gambling debts, blaming others for their addiction. A great remorse or depression to the point of self-destruction. Family members having to hide money for living expenses because you will take it to go gamble. Why is gambling so dangerous? 
Why is it so dangerous? I challenge you. People say, I don't see gambling in the Bible. It's all over it according to the scripture. Look, 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 look. Let me get, when I get through with you today, you're going to be scared to touch a ticket. And I'll be able to get me some gas without waiting on you to pick four. <laughs> Why is gambling so dangerous? Gambling is bad stewardship. Bad stewardship. Not only does the 10% belong to God, every born again believer should be giving 10% of his income to God. Whether it's off social security, vacation, bonuses, uh, job, retirement, 10% belongs to God. But the 90% belongs to the Lord as well. We're responsible to God as to how we manage his resources. Psalms 24, 1 says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. First Corinthians 4, 2 also says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Everything we have belong to Jesus Christ. Those glasses, that tie, that dress, those shoes, those nails, the polish, everything, the dog, the cat, the television, the grass, everything belongs to God. And we are caretakers of that which God has blessed us to manage. In other words, we are managing God's resources. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. You think it's yours. Just die and see if you can take it with you. Okay. The Bible teaches that we are to use our God given wealth to support the work of God. We're to use what he has blessed us with to be a blessing to our own families. Families. We are to use our resources to be a blessing to the government and even to the poor. Secondly, it is absolutely amazing how many Christians will have problems giving to God at least 10% of their income and then waste it on gambling. Even if one wins, he has it for a few moments and it's gone. He has no treasures in heaven, no eternal dividends. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me tell you something. Gambling will rob you of your eternal investment. I repeat, gambling will rob you of your eternal investment. The issue is not the treasures we gain here on earth, but rather the treasures we lay up where? In heaven. Gambling is, the word is destructive. It's destructive. John 10, 10, a says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Gambling will, it'll steal from you. It, It can even kill people. There are gamblers who commit suicide. Destroy your life. Satan uses gambling to destroy to destroy marriages, to destroy your finances, to destroy your health, to destroy your reputation, to destroy your character, and to even destroy your work ethic. Gambling destroys contentment. Say contentment. First Timothy 6, 6, 8 says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. You do not get contentment from gambling. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Contentment is in Christ alone, not in the things of this world system. And let me ask you a question. Is Jesus enough for you? Are you satisfied with Christ? Uh, Let me tell you something about gambling. Tell you something else about gambling. Gambling leads to financial bondage. 
And when one gets into debt, it hinders the work of God. Gambling will break you. Gambling will put you in unnecessary debt. Romans 13, 8a says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. To keep you gambling, casinos, for those of you who go to casinos, some of y'all won't give to God, but you'll catch a boat off of Louisiana coast somewhere. You go to Atlantic City or going down to Vegas or go somewhere down in Mexico. Okay. To keep gambling, casinos give you easy access access to credit cards, ATM machines, cheap food, and plenty of alcohol to dull your senses when you're on that cruise ship. And it's just crazy. Sometimes I just like to see what's going on because I'm not going to a gentleman's club or none of that kind of stuff. You know, you say, yeah, you were going in a witness. No, you weren't. But, but, but when I'm on that cruise ship sometime, sometimes I just want to walk in there at early in the morning. Late in the evening. And sometimes I just I'm just walking through and I'm gazing and I'm looking at all these folk. I see folk in their 80s, folk 85, 90 on, on canes. I see young folk in there just spinning and dialing and doing this. And, I, and I'm just walking through and I'm just looking at people who are held captive. They can't stop. They run to that stuff. They're in bondage and they keep giving them drinks, drinks, drinks. So you don't even have sense enough to know what you're doing. And after a while, the first day of the cruise, you already broke. Everything's gone. Look how quiet it's getting now. And let me go on. Gambling puts faith in chance or luck. The word is chance or luck rather than trusting God to supply your needs. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In him alone we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.